Goldman Sachs of the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kapara here with the Daily Jury Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a good Friday today. You know what? This is the way you want to go into the weekend, isn't it? This is so much better than what we've been having to live through. By the way, this is the first, this is kind of hard to believe. This is the first week the markets have been up since May, okay? So it's been brutal. Look, tell somebody you don't know, right, Kip? Uh, but I'm going to talk today about some specifics we see. You've been joining us here. You know, we've been looking for this. Look, last Thursday, uh, our VR investing system had extreme oversold on our short-term momentum oscillators. For 18 months, that's been one of the most accurate guides to reversal in the other direction. So we expected this, uh, but it isn't in the context of a bear market. It is. And uh, there's no way I'm calling a bottom here. I'm not going to do that. Matter of fact, you know what? Uh, I... If, if things start to uh, to peter out like they have very quickly, we're going to reverse course and go short again. So we're not getting married to anything here. Uh, this is a great trading market, and it has been for some time. But there's some other things happening underneath the surface I'm going to talk about today that are important to me. And I think they're probably important to you, too. And I know they're important to Tyler. He talked about his podcast yesterday about Jay Powell and really uh, just how out of touch he is. He, 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 Jay Powell is overmatched for the job. And uh, he, he is not a student of history. Tyler covered that in detail yesterday. So I'm going to get into that. Uh, I'm going to talk about states' rights issues. The two big things are happening, happening in the Supreme Court that I'm going to talk about as well. Let's start with the markets, though. Uh, wow, I, Tyler, <laughs> poor Tyler. I always get the big updates. I mean, as you, if you listen to us, you know what I'm talking Tyler always gets the big down days. I get the big up days. And I, you know, that's, I, I keep telling him, hey, Grasshopper, that's the way it works. You know, that's how the student becomes a master. You got to first go through the valleys to get to the peaks. And so <laughs> he always gets some really crappy days. I did not today. Dow Jones up. Uh, matter of fact, great day today. Everything closes to the highs today, folks. This is a, yesterday, great smart money hour. Today, great smart money hour. This bodes well for next. It bodes really well for next week. This is short covering. This is short covering rally here. And these are the most explosive kinds. We all, you've heard this a million times, right? Bear market rallies are far more powerful than bull market rallies. They just don't last very long. So we've got to, we got to be ready for the flip side. But anyway, today, Dow Jones up 823, 31,500. Uh, that was our loser on the day, up 2.7%. Our winner on the day was uh, NASDAQ, up 3.3%. Uh, that's up a big 375 points. That is good to see. Tech has been destroyed, but it's making a big comeback, as is China tech. Chinese tech stocks are Flying back, they're up seventy percent uh, since March. Uh, so you know there are other things happening that people aren't focused on. I think that say the global economy is going to probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be okay. Uh, we need China back in the game. That that's just the way it is. You know, I, I I think that market's still uninvestable, frankly. But I'd rather have a strong economy than in China than an economy that's imploding in China because that's not good for anybody. It's just not certainly for the people of China, right? Uh, SP 500 today up just over three percent. Russ 2000 uh, came in second today, up three point, right at three point two percent today. Again, across the board, looking at very, very good numbers today. Um, <clears throat> also, I think the semis led everything. I, they, let me double check that. Oh my gosh, yeah, semis, SMH, the semi ETF up four point five percent today. Okay, so again, this is textbook. This is a textbook move higher. Bear market rally or not, it just is, it was a very good day today. If you're joining us here, again, I already said last Thursday was the lows. It, 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 so far, right? Last Thursday marked the lows. It was terrible. 
Market almost imploded last Thursday, but that's when we hit those deeply oversold levels. And it set the stage for what we're, what we're seeing now, right? This, this big move higher. And that's, that's how, kind of how we got positioned aggressively then. And I think that's how we're going to stay into next week, especially after what happened yesterday and today. But it was really the entire week was good. Think about it. Tuesday, we came back, you know, holiday shortened week, right? Um, we're off Monday for Juneteenth. So come back Tuesday, big update. Dow Jones up like 640 points. Tuesday, obviously Wednesday, remember we opened sharply lower. Remember that? Futures were down. Dow Jones futures were down like five, close to 500 points uh, early Wednesday morning. And we rallied all the way back, went positive, close slightly lower, but still it was a big comeback. So the shorts now are getting pretty nervous, right? That's how this, that's how it progresses. And then yesterday, again, great smart money hour. Dow Jones finished up a couple hundred points. NASDAQ was up almost 200 points yesterday. Again, great smart money hour than today. And this, this just, you know, this is a freight train today, right? We opened sharply higher. It just kept going. We didn't have a pullback today at all. Again, so that tells me there's a floor in the market, and that is short covering. This is a short squeeze. This is how the, the, the shorts get their faces ripped off in these bear market rallies. And I think that's what's happening here. And again, I look for it to continue into next week. From there, we'll have to play it by year. Believe it or not, some of the stocks that we, we're playing here in the options, they're already hitting overbought levels in just from just rallying for four or five days. So again, uh, you know, it's a, it's a market where you got to be nimble. This is, this, is not, this is not our father's and grandfather's market. It's just not. And it's not, it's just not a buy and hold market. Now, again, except for your core positions, everything else, you have to be nimble. Are these, you know, you'll have these great gains. And guess what? A week later, they're just gone. So, you know, we're all learning through this. This is the way it is. We've had three bear markets in four years. It's been brutal. But again, we're seeing some great indications that we're, the second half of this year should be a barn burner to the upside. It really should. All the data points to it. We're setting up with the midterms. You know, having a, a gridlock in D.C., which the markets absolutely love. The the best year to be an investor is the year after midterms. So we're four, what, four, just under four and a half months away from that now. You know what? We we I think I think we'll make it. I think we might make it even with this guy as president and uh, these communists uh, that are they're trying to run this country into the ground. But uh, I want to come back to that. But I'm going to tell you a couple of the uh, uh, analytics. We've been sharing these pretty often. I'm just going to cover. I'm going to cover two, okay? I've already, you, you know, we follow AI investors in survey very closely. It's below 20% bulls. That's very rare. That points to a big move higher over the next uh, six and 12 months. But the two that got me, my attention this week, really, beginning on uh, after last Thursday's uh, crash, you know, crash move lower, was the fact that the SP 500 is down 21% for the year. All right, this is the worst first half of any year since 1970. The good news there is that when that's happened in the past, when the markets have been down at least 15% through the first two, uh, two quarters of the year, the final two quarters of the year have been a barn burner. Going back to 1932, it's only happened five times. Markets been up 100% of the time into year end with an average gain of 23.7%. Folks, if we do that, we're back at all-time highs. That, that's, that's, that's what the, 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 that the data points to the possibility of. And, um, I, you know, we'll see, right? Uh, there's an, and there's another uh, piece of uh, analytics that's very powerful, too. When you have awful back-to-back -back quarters, the next two quarters tend to be fantastic. Again, going back to 1962, when you've had two quarters down more than 15%, which is where we are now, you know, we're down 20% now, I think. 
the, the next two quarters were higher 100% of the time. That's seven out of seven times with an average gain of 17% over the next six months. And then also higher 100% of the time over the next year with almost 30% average gains. So the data points to, you know, this, this, this calamity, this awful bear market we've had to live through is going to lead to much brighter days going forward. I think, uh, I, I think, I think that feels right to me too, really. And then we got some other data that Tyler just shared with me. Uh, this, this just, uh, I think this started being reported today. Uh, I, I'd, I'd heard a rumor about it, but it's official now. This past week, again, last Thursday, right, was the heaviest week of retail selling since September of 2020. That was like the second move lower after Rona, uh, the March 2020 lows. We had one more big sell-off, and that's when retail investors said, to hell with this, I want out. Well, this past week, we saw that level of selling, right? Brutal, heavy. And again, that's a sign of capitulation. When everybody is sold, guess what? The market goes higher. Who's left to sell? That's kind of the way it works. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what we're seeing here, folks. Uh, now, I want to talk about, let's first go through the internals and stuff, and I'll, I'll wrap with some, some personal things that, that I noticed this week that are important to me. I think probably you too. Internals today were, you know what? I'll be honest with you. They weren't great. I mean, look, okay. NYSE was five to one advanced decline. That's fantastic. I, I got no problem with that. But the uh, uh, up-down volume, excuse me, the uh, uh, up volume came in at 82%. That's not bad, but we're at 90% with like an hour and a half to go. But so it's weird, right? Because the market kind of melted up at the end, but the internals got worse. I, I don't, uh, maybe it's some rebalancing. You know, we're going into an end of month, end of quarter. Some, sometimes these things can be a little funky, okay? Uh, but again, that's another reason to be bullish. End of this month and quarter, a lot of equity inflows coming in. Uh, but uh, it, uh, NASDAQ uh, was just right at two to one positive on advanced decline, and uh, their up down volume was only 61%. So, not great. But, you know, there, again, there could be other things happening behind, you know, underneath the, the surface there. And then the other negative is again, here we go again new 52 week highs to lows. We only had 43 new highs. I guess that's not that surprising. But we had 216 stocks hit a new 52-week low. That's co combined NYC and NASDAQ. That's just in that weird, this kind of a day, and you had that many stocks hit a new 52-week low. Obviously, it's better than it was, but still, that, uh, that, 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 what does it say? It says we're still in the bear market. I mean, that's what it says. Our sector watch today, this is fantastic. Now, this is, this was, this is barn burner right here. All 11 sectors finished higher. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six sectors. Finished up three and a half percent higher or better, folks. That's very rare, right? That's that's just very rare. And uh, materials led up four percent. Communication services also up right at four percent. Financials up three point eight percent. Again, down the line, the the worst performer was energy, up one and a half percent. Energy stock got clobbered yesterday. Really, they've been clobbered the last two weeks. If you joined us here a couple weeks ago, we put out a piece and we we discussed it here on these casts that. Uh, Energy stocks have hit their 99th percentile overbought. When you get that overbought, guess what? Bad things. Bad things happen. They just do. The rubber band stretch too far. That happened with energy stocks. But the last two weeks, after that uh, capitulation to the upside, boy, it's been brutal, right? XLE Energy ETF down 22% in two weeks. So we acted yesterday in the VRA portfolio. We added energy, uh, a, new, a fresh energy ETF, a leveraged one, yesterday. 
and uh, it flashed, it's now flashing buy signal, okay, on, on our, on our uh, VRA investing system, flashing buy signals. Love this group, love oil, love energy stocks. And why? Because Joe Biden's president. That's it. It's, it's really not more complicated than that. You know, uh, they, they want oil and gas prices higher. It makes their, uh, uh, their, 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 their bird killing windmills and uh, their, 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 uh, their, their battery uh, 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 challenged uh, solar uh, energy. It makes it uh, more, uh, more profitable or maybe, maybe somewhat profitable at least because they're really not anyway. Um, but anyway, oil is going to stay up. Energy stocks are going to continue to be, we think, a great investment. But again, you got to pick your spots. And when they get really, really overbought, you know, it's time to take some profits. And wait, be a little patient. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to now cover three things that happened this week that I think are significant for America. And this is not about left and right. I don't, I don't really play that game. This is about if, you're, if you love America and if you're a patriot and you want our kids and grandkids and their kids and their grandkids, if you want them to all have a shot at living a great American life, that's who I'm talking to here, okay? So just keep that in mind. Um, I think I think those of us that, that, that see ourselves as patriots, we we're just common sense America lovers. That's it. You know, we don't we just don't just stop messing with us. Right? Stop trying to shove communism down our throat and trans, transgenderism, and uh, stop teaching uh, the the rainbow uh, whatever you're teaching to schools and uh, sexuality sexual, sexualizing our kids. You know, when they're tiny. You know, it's just uh, it's just completely inappropriate. It's wrong. It's frankly, it's child abuse. Stop doing all that, right? Get out of our lives. Leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. Go do what you want to do. We don't care. But stop talking about it and just go, go, have fun. Enjoy yourselves, right? Um, so this week, three things happened that give me, they give me confidence that, that, that we're taking our country back, okay? Uh, because after the rigged election, after the false flag of January 6th, and of course, after the pandemic, you know, you think well, they're going for the kill shot, right? The World Economic Forum, the communists, the the the, the they, right? The 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 Uniparty are going for the kill shot. And uh, so, when these things happen, I feel a little better. What were these three things? First of all, second, two of them were SCOTUS. Okay, Supreme Court of the United States. First was the ruling on the Second Amendment with respect to New York and the ability to, to actually have a firearm, right? And to public care and to and to have a licensed carry. The Supreme Court ruled that you can't stop that. That's unconstitutional. It violates the Second Amendment. So that was a big positive. Um, you, you know, you just can't have a country where the criminals have the guns and nobody else does, right? I think the left would like that, as they want this. They want the whole thing. They want the whole system to implode, so that uh, the you know, uh, government gets all the power. Right, everybody is dependent, desperate, dependent on the government. They have all the power, and then they just grow, grow, grow. I mean, we're talking a, a kind of a classic, you know, socialist, communist kind of a setup there, right? And that's what the left wants: Cloud Piven. We talk about that all the time. You are, if you're on this podcast, you you probably know it better than I do. So there you go. Uh, the other thing that happened today, right, was the uh, 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 ruling on abortion. We knew it was coming. This is not about abortion, by the way. Although I am, I am pro-life. But, you know, I also believe it's a woman's body and right to choose. I like the compromise made here because it's not about anything other than states' rights, right? That's what the Federalists believed, and that's the way our country is supposed to operate. If you want to go move to a state that, uh, that, that, that allows things that you believe in, fine, go move to that state. I don't want to live in that state. I, I want to live in a state that has the morals 
and the belief systems that I do. And so that's the way the founding fathers saw it and drew it up. And so we've gotten away from that. And now I see some, a semblance of sanity coming back, right? And that's very good news, I think, for all of us. It gives me hope. And then the other thing, and we started talking about this after the weekend, uh, because I think this there may be something to this, okay? Uh, we almost put this in our blog today. I wrote it up on Tuesday. Uh, I'm just going to cover it quickly here. If you watch any of the sa- uh, Saturday-Sunday talk shows, you saw... Leading Democrat voices, okay, uh, I'll, I'll name the names. Hillary Clinton, Van Jones, Jim Carville, who got Bill Clinton elected, Bill Maher, and uh, Jim, Jim Clyburn, the congressman of South, South Carolina, the black guy, who really pushed Biden over the top. He, uh, he really pushed it. If, he, if Jim Clyburn had said, no, I like Bernie, I don't think Biden would have won. Uh, Jim Clyburn's that big of a voice. But on the shows, Saturday and Sunday, they were all over the place and, and saying, look, Biden, the Biden administration and these far left progressives have lost their damn mind. They, 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 they're not, in, they're not in touch at all with mainstream America and what, what Americans need because people are suffering right now. Jim Clyburn said, you know what? Most of the people I know, they're already in a recession. Let's stop talking about all these things that they don't care about and don't impact them, like climate change and transgenderism. And let's talk about things that do matter to them, like getting inflation down, getting gas prices down, getting oil down. Our electricity bills, I don't know about yours, we just got found this out today. Our electricity bill is now in the process of more than doubling, okay? As far as the uh, 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 charge per, per kilowatt hour. And it's from this month to next month, it's going to more than double. How, how are people paying these bills? How, how am I going to pay it? I mean, this is, uh, this is this inflation is hurting all of us. And so that's what Clyburn's talking about. And it's really what they're all talking about. And so, you know, I think that uh, they're, they're really trying to get, get through to Biden and his handlers, really is what we're talking about, right? The deep state, the handlers, the uniparty, trying to get through to them. Say, guys, the midterms are going to be brutal for the left, right? Could be worse than Obama, 2010, Bill Clinton, 1994, when they lost 63, 54 House seats. This one could be a lot worse. This could be 60, 70, 80, 100 lost seats, right? This could be the kind of elect, a change election where Democrats don't recover for a decade or more. And I, I, look, let's be honest about it. If it weren't for the vote rigging and this, the, the games they play, Democrats would have been out of power long ago. That's just how I feel. Matter of fact, I'm very, very confident in that. And we could, t- we could do a complete podcast set if you like. Uh, I've, all the facts are on my side. They're, they're, none of the facts are on, in, on the other side. All the facts, this has clearly been a rigged system. I think going back to at least Obama too, I think Romney beat Obama without question. Because that was, again, that was after uh, uh, Obamacare, which everyone hated. And it was also when the midterms, right? He got destroyed in the midterms, but here he comes and wins re-election. Although Mitt Romney was a you know, toast candidate. Anyway, these, these have been rigged. Uh, who knows for how long it goes back they've been rigged. But they are. And, uh, you know, I heard, I heard when, I, when I was in college taking a political science class, I had a professor that said, at same Houston State, about an hour north of Houston, had a professor that said, if uh, America is like the largest company in the world, okay, and would you allow the largest company in the world to be run by popular vote? He said he he didn't come out and just say it's rigged, but that was clearly the implication. And I think that uh, I think I think that's probably been the case for a long time. 
So we got to figure out how to fix that. So this is really a country uh, of and for the people, right? That's another topic altogether. But I, I feel like the, the shots are going across the bow here uh, to the uh, ruling class that they got to go, come back to the middle. Maybe that's what the market was telling us this week as well. Again, I, I'm an eternal optimist, so that's, uh, that's what I'm hopeful for anyway. Because, and I'll wrap with this, Bill Clinton, from a stock market point of view, after he got you know, destroyed in the midterms, right, he then came to the middle. He triangulated the left and right against him. It was a brilliant move. Brilliant, one of the one of the most brilliant moves a president's ever made. Okay, uh, and it got him another term in office when everybody counted him out. He was dead. Okay, uh, and uh, again, this is all before Monica stuff, right? But the stock market went up over twenty four percent a year over his eight years in office. That was the average, number one best performing uh, president from the stock market point of view in history. So the economy did great. He ran a balanced budget. Actually, had a surplus. Remember all that. Joe Biden could do that. Now, I don't I honestly don't think he will. Uh, but if if that's if this is going to be that kind of a midterm where they're just destroyed, he then has every excuse to say, you know what? I, I'm an old white guy. There's really and honestly, there's nothing liberal about me. You know, I'm just going to go ahead. And I'm going to rule. I'm, I'm going to be president like I really am in real life. I'm a capitalist. Right. And uh, I love real estate. I love big houses. I mean, that's who this guy is. He could care less about uh, social justice issues and all that. He, he just does not care. Uh, but he had the opportunity to come to the middle. And because Trump left him such a strong economy, if Biden would just come back to the middle, we could get right back on track and get right back to doing, you know, I, I don't think under Biden we're going to have a 5% GDP like we did with Trump. But we can get back to doing two, three, maybe even four percent GDP if the government and the and the, these uh, these uh, these these communists would get out of our way and let us do what we do best, which is build companies, hire people, right, grow the GDP. Let us do that. Just get out of our way. Uh, so we'll again. I'm the eternal optimist. That's what I'm very hopeful for. Um, all right, let's do the uh, uh, commodity watch here, and we'll wrap for the weekend. We uh, kind of a quiet day in the commodity space, really. Uh, I, I think that's going to change. I do have one more topic I'm going to cover quick. Gold down dollar an ounce at eighteen twenty eight. Silver up um, eleven cents an ounce at twenty one uh, fifteen. Copper is you know copper's down at a sixteen month low. Doctor Copper because it, you know it, it's the predictor of the economy, the global economy. Copper is sending a message that we are slowly that we are really slowing down in the economy, which I believe we are. I, I think most of us really feel that. I know my good friend uh, Wayne Root certainly does. And uh, Copper's in that message, down, down back to 373 a pound. That's a 16-month low, folks. That is an ominous sign for the global economy, even though China is coming back. Oil, uh, uh, back up today, uh, $2.81 a barrel. Right now, a dollar, excuse me, $107 a barrel, just over that level. Final point I'll make today. Is about um, uh, the Fed. Look, Tyler covered this yesterday. Jay Powell is either you know being controlled or he's overmatched or whatever it is. Uh, but we and I, I, I between Jay, Jay Powell and me, one of us has not changed his tune whatsoever in eight months. Okay, and it's not Jay Powell; it's me. I have been saying, Tyler's well, that we're not going to have a ton of rate hikes. Because the economy can't take that. 
if Jay Powell had done what he should have done, which was stop quantitative easing and start hiking rates much, much sooner, then we wouldn't have had the inflation problem we have. Now he's hiking rates into a, into a, I think, a dramatically slowing economy, okay? And the point being, this is not going to last very long. Copper, okay? A lot of other things you look at are sending a message that we are going in reverse quickly, all right? Inflation, of course, is, uh, is having that effect of just destroying the economy as well globally. And so I think that uh, if, if he hikes rates back over 2% on the Fed funds rate, we're 1.75 now. We're going into recession. So the point being, in the very, very near future, I think by year end, we're going to have the Federal Reserve that's already stopped hiking rates, and they're now talking about uh, restarting QE and slashing rates again as the economy goes back into the ditch. That sounds awful, right? But the market and the economy are not the same thing. Right, stay with us. We'll walk you through a step of the way. I do Again, again I do think right now, We've got a uh, we've, we've got a good move ahead of us. Today's close is a great example of that. I think next week will be good, at least the, the first early part of the week. So let's talk, let's go to the weekend with that in mind. And uh, folks, hope you have a great weekend. Always appreciate you listening. If you're new here, come and join us anytime for two free weeks at vrainsider.com. Again, vrainsider.com, and we'll see you back here again Monday after the close. <laughs>